What's up, guys? Welcome into a special championship episode of The Betting Predators. I'm your host, Justin Rodriguez. You can find me on Twitter at CoachJRod1. I am humbled and blessed to be joined with two of the best in the business. I'll start over here in the red corner. He's my uncle, uh, your wannabe uncle. He's the professional. He's Dave Essler. You can find him on uh, Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. Um, today, it's not just a two-man team, Uncle Dave. We're also joined, who uh, I trust in very heavily, when it comes to picks, props, and much, much more. He's Sleepy. You can find him on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. This is a uh, great week for NFL bettors. Uh, It's all going to be focused on two games. Uncle Dave, we'll start with you. Um, You surprised, intrigued um, with who we have left here? Um, Not really, not at all. I mean, you know, we've been saying all year how Tennessee was probably not as good as maybe people thought. I was a little surprised they didn't show up much at all. I think I think getting Derrick Henry back might have been a hindrance. I think they had to make some game plan things and, and other stuff that they hadn't been doing with him coming back. So I think that hurt him. I'm not surprised uh, that Cincinnati beat him. Chiefs game could have gone either way, and, and that's what the point spread said, and that's what a coin flip said. So, no. And the Rams, I think, you know, people kind of expected them to be there, and, and uh, maybe the 49ers are a little bit of a surprise, but – well, that kind of defense, they probably shouldn't be. Sleepy, uh, I don't want to hit you too close to the heart, but uh, how surprised are you that we're not talking about the Green Bay Packers this week? I would say I'm not that surprised. You know, if you asked me this same question probably, you know, six weeks ago, I'd be telling you, well, Tampa's probably going to be here. Green Bay's probably going to be here. You know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe a team like the Colts, you know, the Bills, something like that, maybe the Patriots even. So, you know, once you get this far into the, you know, the season – you know, anything can happen. Teams get hurt. They get injured. And I might have said this, you know, multiple times in this podcast that I always felt like they were a player too short. And I, I thought that last year they came up short, thought that again this year, come up short. You know, they weren't my Super Bowl pick, you know, to win it all. So, you know, I'm not surprised. You know, does it suck that the Packers aren't there? Yeah, it sucks for me. Same as, you know, you're a Raider fan. It sucks for you, too. So, you know, we just roll with the punches. Uncle Dave's a Patriots fan. So, you know, all our teams are out, but it's another week for us to at least make money and enjoy football, you know, for the you know next couple of games that we have left. Yeah, absolutely. Uncle Dave is a Patriots fan, has enough winning in the past to last him a lifetime. So uh, he's not hurting too bad. And uh, the Packers had a great run with Rodgers. I think it's over, but uh, only time will tell. Guys, we're going to do a little bit of a round table here, a little making of the sausage, as they say. Um, we're obviously going to give our picks. Um, we have some props to give out as well. Uh, but we're going to jump in uh, deep, heavy into the analysis here, how we came up with our numbers, how we came up with our picks. And we're just going to kind of spitfire here. Um, We have some topics, obviously, that we want to talk about. But uh, Uncle Dave, I'm going to start with you. We're going to start with the NFC Championship game. Obviously, San Francisco, they're traveling to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Uh, Opening line of this game was right at three. I see it hovering now at about three and a half. Um, The familiarity Um, with both of these teams. Uh, We find it to be an advantage for the Niners right now. They won two times this year against LA, and uh, they've actually won six straight um, against the Rams. So obviously we know that they have a huge advantage. Uncle Dave, what do you credit that to? And does that weigh heavily um, when you're breaking down this game? Well, I think it weighs heavily in the fact that they've had an elite defense and, you know, the Rams were missing some pieces until they went out and got uh, Ramsey and uh, Von Miller I worry a little bit in this game about – I hate to use the word flat because it's the championship game, but I would worry a little bit about the Rams coming out a little happy that they, they did what they accomplished. I mean, almost everything they've done was to stay out of Tampa. Um, and as far as the familiarity goes, I mean, I like the under. I don't know who's going to win. I bet the under earlier in the week, so there you have it. I mean, it's a division game. The 49ers don't want to shoot out any more than they did with the Packers. And I was on that under as well. And, yeah, I think the Rams have a better defense than the Packers. But, you know, the Rams essentially shut down Tampa Bay or or much of what the Bucks got was because of turnovers. And, you know, I, I do worry a little bit um, about that that early going for, for the Rams. But I can't do anything but take the under. I mean, yeah, you got that familiarity. You look at the game, and the last time those two teams played, it went over. But that was a – that was a, an overtime game, and if you look at that game, the 49ers had 449 yards of offense, and the, the two teams combined uh, converted 61% of their third downs. I think Garoppolo uh, had 
three receivers that almost finished with 100 yards, and, like, none of those things are going to happen again, like zero. Um, and you look at the 49ers' defense in that game. They pressured Stafford. I, I didn't I didn't just make this up. I saw it, that they pressured Stafford on average of in 2.2 seconds. And, you know, the fastest snaps have released on average in the NFL is 2.3, and I, I think that is happening again. And, you know, people look at the Rams and they think, you know, OBJ and Cup and yada, 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 this is an over team. But, you know, they haven't played two consecutive over games since October. And I look at the line, it was 46 and a half, 47, whatever. It was the exact same total as their last meeting three weeks ago. So I don't think the books have adjusted enough. So I like the under. Yeah, and then I think that was hovering right around the 46 like you talked about. So, Sleepy, I want to go ahead and bounce over to you. And uh, I think about this often when I think about this game. It's it's not common, or at least I don't think it is, uh, for a team like the Niners to have such recency bias and success uh, winning the last six games uh, to still be the underdog in a game like this. Where do you where do you put that information in your analysis? I mean, obviously uh, – they're zero and six, but they're three and a half point favorite in the biggest game of the year. Um, is is that concerning at all to you if you're a uh, Rams backer? I think the answer to that's probably no. You know, every game has a story to it. Now, you know, I won't go through the last six games that San Fran's beaten the Rams, but you know, I think skill position matters. You know, the current roster matters. You know, last year, you know, to this year, drastic changes here for the Rams. You know, they don't have Malcolm Brown running the football. Jared Goff out there throwing the football. Cooper Cup has entered into the elite status. You have guys like OBJ, Von Miller, as Uncle David mentioned, Jalen Ramsey. And most importantly, you know, another skill position quarterback, you have Matt Stafford. You know, we could talk about, you know, this season and the 49ers. Yeah, they dismantled the Rams in the first meeting, but OBJ was brand new. Von Miller, brand new. You know, the Rams had just lost Woods the week prior to Tennessee, you know, with a torn ACL. You know, the Rams only ran the ball nine times in that game. You know, the defense then, it's not what it is now. But like I said, like every game tells a story. The Rams aren't playing their final game at the Coliseum and losing. You know, the Rams aren't playing in front of an empty stadium and losing. You know, this is a different story. Six straight losses to me, in my opinion, gives extra value here, extra motivation to the Rams. So I'm looking at it the way I look at it in, in college basketball. This is six times revenge here, you know, for the Rams. And, you know, with this particular topic, I think that the stars are actually aligning here for the Rams. So on my sheet, the check mark goes in the Rams' favor here for this specific question. I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I, I don't think that somebody um, that as that good of a coach as McVay or that type of talented roster could keep on going on a streak like this. Sleepy, another thing that I want to ask you specifically, and then we'll get Dave's opinion afterwards, but um, typically we see home field advantage roughly being three. With this team being new to L.A. and L.A. being such a spectacle like it is in Las Vegas, we don't really see that home field advantage. What's your number, Um that you're giving the Rams on home field here? I would think three. And I know that that sounds crazy. And it certainly has to be a concern. You know, based on what I saw last game with these two teams, it looked like it was a 55-45 Rams crowd. So that's not a good sign for LA. But, you know, do we have any idea how, you know, playoff ticketing goes? You know, San Fran won on Saturday. So, you know, perhaps maybe they got first crack at tickets. You know, do these teams have to wait, you know, to even know who they're going to end up playing to order tickets or anything like that? Are there, you know, pre-order tickets on sale? So I think that those are answers that we should probably look for for next season. You know, I would assume, you know, this is one of the games in which the Rams thought that, you know, that they might end up having some home field advantage over maybe, you know, any other team probably except the 49ers. But, Look, that's the case. They got to play San Fran. You know, I wonder how the Rams are handling ticketing right now. I would assume that, you know, the team, the organization are doing everything they can to swing this crowd, you know, in their favor. And I would also assume that the Rams fans probably saved up, uh, you know, for this particular game, for this particular moment. And maybe now they're ready to go ahead and open up their wallet. So, you know, maybe it was a 55-45 crowd last time. I actually think that we see maybe a 70-30 crowd this time, and maybe that actually is a home field advantage here for the Rams You know, this time around. I won't put much stock into it, but to me, I can only see the fact that the Rams are playing here at home, that it is a playoff game, 
that it is a little bit of, of something that we should probably check off in favor of them. So am I making the home field advantage three? Maybe it's a little bit high, but I feel like certainly that that the Rams should have some type of home field advantage here versus, you know, people saying, oh, they're not going to have any home field advantage. In my opinion, that's just crazy. That That's stupid talk. The Rams are playing at home in a playoff game in the NFC Championship game where, you know, the fans haven't shown up all year. If they're going to show up, they're going to show up in this game. If the organization, if they're going to try to limit any of the 49ers fans from getting tickets, this is the game they're going to do it. So the Rams have to have some type of home field advantage here. Maybe three is a little bit much, but that right now, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't really have a power ranking on it or anything like that, but I guess when I kind of suggested something on a neutral field, I kind of had the Rams at minus one and a half, so I guess I contribute two to that home field advantage. Uncle Dave, where are you at this? Um, seeing as even somebody like Debo Samuel thought last time they played there that the Rams had to pump in crowd noise because they just weren't getting enough from their fans. Well, I mean, I think part of that's just L.A. in general. I mean, they just don't, you know, they don't have the passion. I don't want to say nobody does, but in general, um, unless it's a Lakers game, they don't they don't really give a shit. Um, so I don't I almost I almost don't care. I mean, you know, look at USC and UCLA games. I mean, they're they're you know thirty five forty thousand people in a eighty thousand seat stadium for a huge rivalry. I mean, that's just L.A. for you. And I wouldn't give the Rams the full three here. I probably would give them two. Um, but I actually think maybe some of the speed that the Rams have. Um, might be more beneficial to them on, on artificial turf than it would be, say, in San Francisco. But I still don't I still don't go much more than two for hardly any Rams home games. The last thing that I want to cover here, just talking about the game specifically, is Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, and Jimmy G. Uncle Dave, they couldn't come into this game a little bit banged up. We saw Debo limping off the field there in Green Bay. We saw Williams going to the sideline multiple times, and I know that he's been limited in practice. Jimmy G had the uh, shoulder and the thumb, I believe it was. Key players for the offensive side of the ball, um, uh, I guess kind of at somewhat of a question mark. We all saw how bad Jimmy G was in that first half against Green Bay. Was that a big factor um, in uh, leaning towards your under there? Because we obviously know that um, the Niners' path to victory is not through the air. It's on the ground and controlling the clock. But how much did maybe those injuries factor in um, to a low-scoring game for you, Uncle Dave? Um, None at all. I mean, it's just the way I think the game is going to be played out. And you have that familiarity with with teams in the same division. You know, the 49ers don't want to shoot out. And I, I don't care who's a quarterback. Well, I do. Uh, but um, unless it was, you know, Peyton Manning, they're not going to be airing the ball out. And I think San Francisco's defense is that good. I mean, look what they did to Rodgers last week. So, you know, I really didn't see any reason to overthink the problem. And, you know, so far, I mean, it made that bad Sunday night right when the line came out. And so far the market's like totally agreeing with me. So, you know, anybody listening to this is not going to get the number I got. But I, I think it's good down to 45, actually. So, Sleepy, um, we obviously know that Dave uh, just kind of thinks that this is how the game's going to be played. That's where he got to his number. The injuries that I just mentioned with uh, the Niners on the offensive side of the ball, what kind of factor is that to you in, uh, in your analysis here? None. No concern at all for me. I think it's a championship game here. You know, it's the playoffs. Everybody's dinged up. You know, basically, if you can walk, you know, you're going to play. If not, then it's next man up. You know, the only player I think that really could influence this line for a market reaction, Garoppolo practiced today, Debo practiced today. So the only guy that could actually move this line is probably Williams. He's probably not going to move it more than, you know, five or ten cents. You know, if he's out, it might change my my opinion on, on the strength for the side that I'm on, but it's not going to change the side. So I, I expect all three of these players to play. Shanahan says, you know, they're all going to go, so. Uh, right now, it's it's kind of a mute point with me. Yeah, I just think, you know, for me, and you can call me the square side or, or, or whatever you want to do, but I'm on the Rams, um, and I'm on it uh, past this number a little bit as well. Um, I would obviously take it at the dead numbers above it. I just think that that defense is too hungry. You know, Uncle Dave, you're familiar with this. We saw how hungry Jalen Ramsey was when he played for Jacksonville um, in those playoff games there. Um, he's had a taste of it. 
They know that they've never been closer. Um, we know that we're going to get a hungry Matt Stafford. I mean, everybody's going to be fully motivated, but Matt Stafford is the reason why McVay told ownership that they're going to get over the hump and they're going to get back to the Super Bowl. Um, he's obviously somebody um, that can take him there. You know, he strides above uh, Jared Goff and what they have. Uh, Cam Akers coming back um, obviously adds to that, even though he did have two crucial fumbles. Um, but I just think there's too much veteran leadership there that's been so close and have fallen short. Um, and they're really going to – they're they're just, in my opinion, it's just going to be too much. It, it, they're just not going to get that seventh win for San Francisco. Um, I just think that they're going to be too focused. McVay's already been asking uh, – or been asked many questions about if Shanahan lives in his head, and obviously he's very short with that answer. But um, let's just go kind of around the table before we go to our props, and um, let's just kind of give our official picks. I'm on Rams minus three. Uncle Dave, you are um, on the under. Is that correct? Any lean with the uh, with the side? No, none whatsoever. I mean, I, I at three and a half, I would have to take San Francisco. You know, I did make a couple of uh, of prop bets. Um, I like OBJ over fifty one and a half receiving yards. I mean, uh, you know that the 49ers will do everything they can to take Cup out, and and he just looked like he was getting into the flow of the offense last week. So it would not surprise me if he was their go to guy. Uh, in this game, so I like I like Beckham over fifty one and a half yards there. Sleepy, do you have any uh, uh, props or anything? And it did sound like you were on the Rams. Is that accurate? I do like the Rams. The line in the last game, it's exactly the same as this one. It's the Rams minus three and a half. You know, the Forty ers they're playing their four straight road game. Nobody's really mentioned that. That has to mean something. This game is actually seven road games now for the 49ers in their last nine games with no buy. Go back to November the 21st, they had to go to Jacksonville, and it's been nothing but back and forth and all around you know, for this 49ers team that has to catch up for them at some point. I think it did on the road at Tennessee in Week 16, and I think it does here uh, for this particular game. Now, you know, this game is in L.A., so with short travel here, the question, you know, that we asked was home field advantage. You know, I, I think, you know, that's going to differentiate between all the guys. 49ers have the experience here in the playoffs. You know, I have to give them that, you know, Jimmy G, Debo, Shanahan, Kittle. You know, but I sat back going back to last week before all those games kicked off. And I was thinking about flawed teams. Now, you know, I was thinking about the eight teams going into last week, you know, with in my mind that, that just didn't have any flaws. And the Rams were the only team that I can come up with, which is actually surprising because I have not been super high in the Rams all year. But, you know, sitting down and thinking about it, you know, for a little while, I, I said, you know, the Rams are probably the least flawed team. If, and if there is a team that doesn't really have any flaws, it's got to be that team. Now, with that said, you know, I was thinking about when the Super Bowl comes around, like who are the teams on the field for the Super Bowl? Which team is going to be the least flawed how the hell did they get there? And for me, you know, it was the Rams. I had a factor in Cam Akers, you know, being healthy with that thought. You know, the Rams have a very good secondary, a good pass rush, a good quarterback, solid wide receivers, you know, good offensive line, decent special teams, a good head coach. You know, the list goes on and on. You know, the 49ers do have some flaws. Their secondary isn't the greatest. You know, their wide receivers outside of Debo, you know, they disappear at times. Jimmy G disappears at times, you know, turns the ball over. But for me, the one flaw that's probably the most important coming into this game is it's trust. You know, say what you want about Shanahan. He doesn't trust Jimmy G. You know, Shanahan feels like he can manage any situation. And look, he's great at that. But when a Jimmy G needs to be needed and trusted, Shanahan simply does not trust him. McVay, I think he trusts all his guys. I really believe that. I believe I've seen it over the last couple of weeks. You know, we saw it last week with Cup and Akers. You know, those guys put the ball on the ground. They put L.A. in a bad spot, but he still had no problem going right back to those guys. Now, I hate to admit it, but the Rams, they are built to win the Super Bowl this season. And because they have the least amount of flaws, you know, this team, in my opinion, they were put together to win this particular game. They brought in Miller. They brought in Odell. They got Donald. They got Stafford. They got Ramsey. You know, this is the season. You know, go back to last week. The most dominating team last week was the Rams. That game was on the road against Tom Brady. I'll repeat that. That game was last week on the road against the Super Bowl champion, 
Tom Brady. And this was the most dominant team that we saw last week. San Francisco, they could have lost that game. Green Bay did everything not to take advantage of things that the 49ers were basically serving up on a silver platter. And I think that this is something that, you know, everybody's talking about and, and they're kind of forgetting about, you know, within the divisional round is, yeah, Cam Akers fumbled the ball twice last week. And, you know, that's not news to anyone. But, you know, he looked really good in the game prior against Arizona. You know, that rushing attack for the Rams is something that's been missing for, you know, quite some time. You add in Sony Michelle, and now you have two healthy running backs, something that the Rams haven't had, you know, for many games in a row. No, I think that opens up the playbook here. And the 49ers, yeah, they are hard to run on, but the Rams had no problem throwing the ball against the Bucks last week. The Rams got into you know, more of the rushing game once the game kind of was well within hand. And you know you have to attack the 49ers through the air. I expect that here. So if there aren't any yips in this Rams rushing attack, um, I don't see much of, of a problem here for the Rams to go ahead and start it out and kind of get comfortable. You know, I think Michelle and Akers will probably both be fine here. You know, Higby's been an asset, and OBJ's filled in 100% for Woods. I think that was the right pickup, and I have to go ahead and trust, you know, all the things that I've seen on display here with OBJ. You know, he's actually been healthy for once, too. I think we have to consider that. You know, the Rams' defense – They've played quite well the final six games of the regular season and the playoffs. I think L.A. can – hopefully they can limit turnovers. And if they could do that, I don't think the 49ers actually have a chance in this game. You know, it's all going to come together here for the Rams. I'll wait for three. I highly doubt that I'll get it. I'm with you, Justin. I made my line higher than three. I made my line Rams minus five and a half. You know, think about that what you will. But if I have to, I'll lay the three and a half still thinking that I got the best of it because I don't believe the market's right on this game. So I do like the Rams. I think everything's come together for that team. I think they're the least flawed team. I think the stars are aligning and they could take last week's, you know, let's just say damn near debacle as a slap in the face and use this, you know, current trend against uh, Shanahan as 0-6 as motivation. It's now or never for this team. They don't win the Super Bowl this team. Maybe they come back next year with the same crew if they can keep it all together. If this falls apart, everything might fall apart, and we might be looking at an empty stadium in L.A. You know, for a long time to come because they can't keep this crew together um, for for that long. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Sleepy. Like you said, um, pretty much everything was spot on. Too much star power at every single level. They have too many people on both sides of the ball that could take over the game. I do have one prop, though, that actually kind of goes against the Rams that I absolutely love. It's uh, minus 115 is what you have to lay there on one unit, but it's over uh, a half uh, for interceptions for Stafford. Um he has thrown no interceptions this playoffs uh, uh, so far, but um, he's thrown four interceptions in the last two meetings against San Francisco. And even though he hasn't thrown uh, an interception in the first two playoff game, he hasn't went all season um, on a three-game stretch where he didn't throw an interception. So that's actually my favorite prop bet. Um, you guys on board with that one? I know you probably didn't do too much research on it, but. I actually like the fact that you like that one because I actually like Stafford. Uh, over his completions right now, which is like 23 and a half. You guys can get that on DraftKings. You can get it on multiple books. But I, I think Stafford throws quite a bit. And, again, I got to go back to last week to where it was like, all right, yeah, we know Tampa Bay could stop the run. Well, we'll start the game out. We'll, we'll start it with eight straight passes. We don't care. Well, Akers might have a little bit of yips. Maybe there's a slight reservation. Like, let's not let this go, guy go out and, and – you know, have the yips and maybe God forbid he fumbles on the first drive. It's like, well, now you really, you know, you're in this guy's head. So let him ease himself in the game. Let him get a couple of hits out there, a couple of whacks. So don't be shocked if the Rams come out and they throw the ball again, seven, eight, nine times on the first drive. You know, you never know. So I think we might be ahead of the curve there. And, you know, Justin, I, I don't hate that play because I think Stafford throws quite a bit here, but I do like his completions over to 23 and a half. 
Well, the thing that I think about before um, like half and stuff like that, or worst case scenario, they are in a tie game or something like that. You kind of get a Hail Mary in a desperate situation. And we've seen so many times where balls tips at the line of scrimmage. And uh, that's one thing that San Francisco really does well, getting their hands up. They got Bosa out there. So you never know whether the ball is going to be deflected. Okay. So we got Beckham over yards. We got Stafford. We like over a half for a touchdown. And we like uh, Stafford also over for completions for Sleepy. Uh, me and Sleepy together on the Rams. Uncle Dave is a pass, but a lean towards the 49ers, but he also is an under on the total. Guys, let's move on to uh, probably the more star-studded game as far as ratings are going to go. We have Patrick Mahomes. We have cool Joe Burrow. Um, Uncle Dave, I'm going to start with you. Before you get into your analysis, I just want to know what you think about these two quarterbacks, you've been around a long time, not saying you're old, but you've seen a lot of great quarterback play. Where do these guys rank? Um, I know Burrow's early in his career, but where do these guys rank for you just as far as talent and um, how well did they perform in big games uh, compared to quarterbacks you may have watched over the years? I, you know, I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. They're, they're two different types of quarterbacks. I mean, Burrow's the prototypical dropback passer, but both of them can run. So, you know, I think it's too early to rate Barrow anywhere. Um, I, I love the fact that he came from LSU and he did play in the SEC. I mean, there's been a lot of talk this week about crowd noise at Arrowhead and everybody saying SEC stadiums are, are louder. And, and I would agree with that 100%. You know, Mahomes, I love the guy, but you got to remember, he's also had some pretty elite weapons to throw to. And, you know, he does get a little careless at times. Um, you know, those side-on passes don't always work, and I like Mahomes. I mean, I'll probably take some shit. Um, I don't dislike Mahomes. I just i am not sure he is where everybody else thinks he is, if you want my honest opinion. He gets white hot, but, you know, if you put him on a on an average team without Hill, without Kelsey, uh, without Pringle or whoever else they've had, um, I don't know that he is Patrick Mahomes that we know. Yeah, no, that's a fair statement. I mean, as of right now, they already put him in the likes of Tom Brady, obviously winning the Super Bowl so young. Sleepy, we've seen Cincinnati and Joe um, with Chase and that group and, uh, you know, the reflection of the head coach Taylor play such a free and youthful style of football. It kind of seems like they don't even understand the situation that they're in and they can't even understand the magnitude, um, even though obviously we know they can, but they've played in so many big games in college together. It just seems like they go out there week after week and it's just another game. Um, how much does that help them in these presser situations um, when it comes to the AFC championship game? I think a lot. I mean, I don't see how it couldn't. You know, when they played Kansas City just a couple weeks back, you know, Kansas City led that game 28-14 to 14 with two minutes left before half. You know, Evan McPherson kicked a field goal with like 40 seconds left, and they cut that game to 28-17 at half. You know, the reason I bring that particular game up, obviously these teams are playing, but Kansas City only scored three points from the second half on. So you're going two quarters and two minutes. Kansas City only scored three points. Well, the Bengals ended up putting up 20. Mahomes threw for, what did he throw for? 260 yards, but he only threw for, you know, 60 or 70 yards in the second half. So something changed there. I don't know. You know, Joe Burrow had 446 yards, four TDs, so I don't think he could overlook that. So, I mean, that has to give them confidence, you know, especially with the result. You know, they won the game. I think another thing that a lot of people probably aren't mentioning is if Buffalo has has a special teams coach or a head coach or, or players over there saying, like, look, let's not kick the ball into the end zone, and we've heard that, Buffalo is playing in this game. It's not Kansas City. So not only is Cincinnati beating this team, Buffalo very well probably beats them last week if they don't make some stupid mistake. Kansas City's good. Don't get me wrong. They could be the best team in the NFL. They could go out and they could blow this team out and they can go into the Super Bowl and they could blow out whoever they play. They're that good. Mahomes is that talented. That team is that dynamic. But those results, they they have to play into the mind of, of the Bengals. That second half was impressive. They beat Kansas City. They probably think like, look, we might not be playing the best team right now. So, yeah, they got to have confidence. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I just, I, I love your point that they think they might not be playing the best thing, but to me, it always comes down to situation. Uncle Dave knows this when we handicap college football, you know, time, place, atmosphere, obviously it's max motivation. It's an AFC championship game, but that place is going to be rocking. Um, it is going to be an afternoon game, but that's not going to take away from the atmosphere. Guys, this game is hovering right at seven, seven and a half. Some places over under is roughly around 56, depending on where you look, 56 and a half. Uncle Dave, let's kick off the analysis with you. Um, this is one game that I go back and forth. I could see multiple outcomes. I know you're going to bust my ass and tell me not to overthink it, but I want to know where's your head at when it's coming to this perennial high-scoring AFC championship game. Well, because it's perennially high-scoring and that total has gone all the way up to 56, I would probably look at taking the under, but you know, I, I don't know how you don't take the points with Cincinnati, to be honest with you. It's it's seven and a half you can get now. And the, the Bengals have lost two games this season by more than seven. They've already beaten the Chiefs. And, and I think that could work in Kansas City's favor, but I think it only helps the young Bengals team. I mean, I know uh, Edward Hilaire was out of that game, but the Cincinnati defense held Hill to 40 yards. Barrow isn't throwing for 446 again, so that's another reason I might look at the under. You know, that game was, was a 65 and that's only, you know, two possessions less. So I do lean under. Um, and not that the Bengals lack confidence to begin with, but they're also just playing with way house money here. Uh, I think they have the better defense. Uh, I don't think Barrow is, is not Mahomes, but his weapons aren't any less than Mahomes. Um, you know, Mixon and, and Edwards Allaire, you know, they're miles apart. Um, Chase and Hill aren't miles apart. You know, it's the Bengals actually have had more 20-yard-plus plays this season. It's the Chiefs with the 23rd or worst in most all statistical defensive passing categories. Cincinnati's defense isn't a lot better, but they're better. And the Bengals are actually the third least penalized team in the league. Yards per rush defensively, the Bengals are a little bit better. I mean, I see a difference, but I don't see seven and a half points. And, you know, I don't think the Chiefs can ever close the back door with these people. So I'm going to take the the who days plus seven and a half. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think with that type of offense, that type of quarterback, the weapons that they have in the receiving core, that the back door is always going to be open in a game like this for either team. Obviously, we know Kansas City is never out of it, but we also know that Kansas City always likes to make a game of it, whether that be offense or defensively. Um, Sleepy, I'm going to throw it over to you. We know Joe Burrow was sacked tons of times last week in Tennessee. Kansas City knows that. Kansas City is going to do what they can to get pressure on Burrow. They want to put him in uncomfortable situations. But at the risk of doing that, we know that typically you have to play man coverage behind those blitzes. That's pretty scary when Joe, when uh, not Joe, but uh, when Jamar Chase uh, did what he did last week or a couple weeks to you uh, when he uh, caught uh, for over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Um, how do you think they balance that? Um, do you think that they're going to get pressure just with the four-man front? Do you think they're going to be sending people and risking that man-to-man coverage over the top and, take, and, ch- and taking their chances again? Um, how do you think they'd exploit it? How do you think this one goes? I actually don't think the Bengals care. You know, the last time that Burrow played this team, they were sacked four times. He still threw the ball for 446, and they won that game. You know, last week he was sacked nine times, threw the ball for 348. They won that game. Sometimes things, you know, they just become part of who you are. And sacks right now are are just part of who the Bengals are right now. They know that, and, and like I said, they might not care. I think something that was forgotten about, you know, with the Bengals is the fact that, you know, that that team's rattled off five straight wins against teams that that wanted and needed to win, uh, whether it was, you know, teams in the regular season that that needed to win or, you know, improved playoff seating. Joe Burrow was sacked in all those games, but the story last week, you know, it wasn't about Derrick Henry coming back and not looking 100%. It wasn't about, you know, Joe Burrow throwing – for 446 yards. The story was about the nine sacks. And look, how could it not be? That's not, you know, the defense's fault. That's not Jamar Chase's fault or the borough or, or coaching. That's the offensive line's fault. And they had a spotlight on them all week. Like, you guys are just going to go ahead and, and, you know, get our franchise quarterback killed. You know, could you step up for one game? Could you step up for one game right now? You know, and and look, I don't think the Bengals could let that happen here. 
maybe coaching could do all they can to game plan, you know, with certain play calls and protection, you know, things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, the Bengals offensive line, they need to step up. They need to play better. They need to be faster and they need to be stronger. And, you know, that result last week is kind of a, it's kind of a man up moment for these particular players, you know, not only as a group, but I think as individuals, because some of those guys very well might not have a job next year and they might not be playing for this team. So, you know, with that said, I think that that particular effort, that particular result, um, that it actually could be a huge positive here, you know, for, for the Bengals. And look, we haven't seen a quarterback get sacked nine times. I don't think since like Warren Moon, I mean, you're talking like 35, 40 years ago. Kansas City's defensive line doesn't really scare me a whole lot. And look, they could be very well gassed out. You know, last week, that was not an easy game for that Kansas City team. Uh, they went a full four quarters chasing Josh Allen around, and they ended end up in the OT. So, look, if the Bengals' offensive line is ever going to step up and protect Burrow, it's going to be this game. So, am I worried about the sacks? No, I'm not. I actually think it's a positive here for Cincinnati. I have to disagree to an extent of saying that, you know, it's just who they are. You know, they lived with it. They've overcome it. I understand that that's how they've gotten to this point so far, and that's what they have to do. But we also forget that in that game against Kansas City at the end of the year, they were down 21 to 7 at one point in the first half. They were at home. Chase had some big game or had some big plays, obviously got them back. If they get down 21 to 7 in this game early, it's a wrap. They ain't coming back. Um, I understand what you're saying um, with them being familiar with their flaws and they're going to have to adjust. And But I just don't think that because it's the playoff, offensive line is just going to start to play better just because. I, I'm, I'm just not going to buy that. If, if that was the case, I figured they would have done it last week. Um, but we do know that they have the weapons and the talent to overcome it. Um, Tyron Matthew was a big thing for me in the secondary. You know, obviously, if he was not going to play, I would find it harder for Kansas City to blitz just because they're at such a disadvantage in the secondary with trying to guard Higgins and uh, Jamar Chase and uh, Uzama. Um, I mean, uh, mix in pl- plethora of guys. Uncle Dave, uh, we know Sleepy's not worried about it too much, but um, you already alluded to the fact that you think, you know, the Bengals can keep up with them, that, that, that they are going to play carefree. Um, can we see this uh, sacks uh, turning into um, turnovers and getting into such a big hole where they just can't escape that flaw that Sleepy might think they can. And could you see where Kansas City could possibly run away with it? Can I just can I just stop there and say no? I mean, I I trust Burrow. He's wise beyond his years in the pocket. Um, I can't say he's not going to get a strip sack. I mean, that's not a prop that I'm willing to make. Uh, but I don't see the Bengals' inexperience causing them to get boat race here at all. I mean, I'm, I'm actually probably, I mean, I'm actually pretty confident with plus seven and a half. I mean, I, I wouldn't come on here and say that I wouldn't bet it if I wasn't. So even though I, I tend to not overthink the problem, I just don't see a scenario where, where Kansas city just goes out and, and does whatever they want to do. I mean, Cincinnati has been tested enough. They've been tested on the road. Um, I, I think this is no big deal to them. And, and no, I don't see I don't see a Kansas City route. No way, no how. Sure. Well, I was just trying to play devil's advocate, and and Sleepy alluded to this as well, and I want to get your opinion, and then we'll jump back over to Sleepy for his. Um, when he talked about me during the week, I, I guess I didn't really realize it when he was asking me this particular question, but um, you know. Kansas City did expend tons of energy, and you have to feel like they were fortunate slash lucky to come out um, in a victorious manner. Is that a positive heading into this week? Like, hey, man, you know, we kind of overcome the Bills. You know, we've beaten who we think is the other best team in the AFC, and we're ready to go? Or is it going to be something that's taken a toll on them moving forward? Well, you know, if it were during the regular season, I would think it would be a pretty big factor going forward, the, the emotion of it and the physical of it. But, you know, the physical of it, they played one more series than a full game, but the emotion of it, obviously, I don't think it's as big a deal because it's hard not to be, uh, you know, get yourself re-upped for this game. But it definitely is a factor. I, I think it is. I mean, you're talking about 53 guys and, you know, 18 coaches or whatever, and somewhere along the line, if they read their own press clippings about how good they are and, and who are they going to play in the Super Bowl? I mean, if, 
if they start looking sideways, they might not be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sleepy, you're the one who posed the question to me during the week, and I thought it was excellent. Where do you sit on this? Uh, did they expend too much energy? Is there a chance they come out at flat at home? I mean, we did see it a couple years against Houston when Deshaun Watson and the guys got out um, pretty big on them in that divisional playoff game. Could we see something like that um, this week? It's possible. I mean, I love what Uncle Dave said. I think the fact that, that this was the playoffs and not the regular season um, it's different, you know, make no mistake, you know, they were all on fumes in that game last week, but you know, the regular season is a little bit different. The fact that, you know, you have a next game, you know, the season usually isn't over when that type of thing occurs, but you know, here, if you lose, there is no next game. It's pretty much, it's the curtains. You know, I'm not a trainer. I'm not a strength coach, but those guys are probably working for everything that they're paid, you know, to get that team healthy, to get that team, you know, complete, you know, as much as they can. I think that that might actually show up later in this game and, and the expenditure of, 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 of energy. But I also think that, you know, Uncle Dave was just talking about KC Super Bowl kind of thing. I feel like that was their Super Bowl last week. Like that was the game that they needed to get over. And look, we could be looking at a situation where this could be a Kansas City letdown in the beginning of this game. They could start out really sluggish. And they could end this game really sluggish. And that's what worries me. I feel like it's a double-edged sword with the result from last week with them. And I think we take advantage of that this week. Okay, so Sleepy, we understand that, uh, you know, Dave, he's on, he, he's pretty comfortably uh, on Cincinnati. Are, 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 are you leaning the same way or where are you at when it comes to the line and the total here? I'm going to wait for seven and a half and then I'll take the Bengals. You know, full disclosure. I'm rooting for a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. I have a big ticket here on, on Cincinnati. I've been rooting that team in, you know, for weeks. And, look, I think they're a good football team. Are they a player or two away from winning the title? You know, I think so. You know, going back to a question that you had asked Uncle Dave, you know, about Burrow, you know, where's he at right now? Look, this dude's top five in the league next year. Whether you like it or not, he is. He's going to be a top five quarterback. He was good in his rookie season. He's been amazing this year. And the fact that he's razzing a team, like, dude, Kansas City is the loudest stadium probably in the league. He's razzing those guys. Like, what does that tell you about him? That he don't give a shit. He don't care about you. He's like, I'm going to play you heads up. And I love that type of attitude because there's a lot of confidence in that. I could sit here and struggle to find the best game that Cincinnati's played. I can argue that Kansas City played their best game offensively last week. And if Cincinnati finds that game this week, Kansas City's going to lose because I just have a feeling that they might start out flat, they might end really sluggish. And if Cincinnati has that confidence and the offense is rolling and they find their best game, I'm telling you, it's going to be a really bad situation here for the Chiefs. They should have lost last week. They're lucky to be here. The Bengals aren't lucky to be here. They're a pretty damn good football team that a lot of people are overlooking. And you have to love their confidence coming in the game. So uh, I'm looking at them at plus seven and a half if I could get it. If I can't, I'll take them at seven and be perfectly happy with that. I think this game's closer. I think the odds makers have the line wrong. With that confidence, are you sprinkling anything on the money line? I probably won't for this particular game um, just because I'll wait until, you know, the Super Bowl comes and then they can hedge out a little bit. Um, but I like I don't I don't need to have too much exposure on this game. Um, it's just one game. So no, I'll just probably just take the seven and, and root and hope and pray. Well, I, I was kind of flip-flopping going back and forth, but obviously I trust you guys more than anybody. So I think you guys have definitely talked me into Cincinnati. I can get on board with that. I do have one prop bet that I absolutely love, and it kind of comes at plus money. You can get it on at plus 135 on DK right now. But it's over four and a half receptions for Joe Mixon. If you look at uh, what Burrow has to do in critical situations, it's get the ball out fast. He ultimately knows what he has in the offensive line, and, and although – you know, Sleepy, you think that they might play better this week. I do think Kansas City is going to try to get after Joe. And it, it, there's just some situations where uh, that wide receiver core does not have enough time to get open. And uh, Joe Mixon is an excellent receiving back out of the backfield. And I think he's going to be checking it down. It's also the best form of ball movement under two minutes to end the first half. If you noticed, 
um, with almost every team. They're trying to push the ball down the field, but where does the ball constantly go? It's out to the flat. It's out to the valve uh, running back only because he's standing right next to the out of bounds. You're going to take your five to seven yards. Defense are normally in a prevent defense, a cover three, something like that. And he just kind of going to get chunked. So I think we're going to see that. I do think that obviously looking at what the line says, even though we like the points, Kansas City is going to be ahead. Burrow's going to throw the ball a lot. And I think he's going to get a lot of targets. In the last two games, he has 15 targets and 13 receptions. Last time he played against Kansas City, he had eight targets and seven receptions. So even though that is a touch higher, I wish that was at four. Um, it is at four and a half. I'm going to take the over at plus money on that. What do you guys feel about um, that prop bet there? I actually like it. I think that there's a good probability here that we see some long sustained drives from Cincinnati. And look, they can't just throw the ball a game. You know, we're already talking about their offensive line situation with that. You know, they can't just have Burrow dropping back 95 times in the game. And they can't just run the ball. So they have to mix it up at some point. And, and look, I think the Kansas City defense is going to be gassed out. And I think we'll see some Cincinnati drives here that will be long sustained drives. And they're going to have to mix it up. And I think, you know, getting mixing the ball in the flat or getting him, you know, with, with some uh, screen passes is certainly going to be something that we see in this game. They have to use him a little bit more. The play I like, and I know nobody likes this play, is actually mixing over his rushing attempts. And the reason being is I don't think this game gets out of hand. I, I just don't think it gets out of hand. That offensive line, they were torched all week long about giving up nine sacks. But they could go out there and they could block really well you know, for the rushing attack, at least to do do that right, get that part right. And I think Mixon is going to come into this game with you know, a head of steam and, and Cincinnati going, look, we can't just have Burrow drop back 45 times in this game and end up with maybe a strip sack or maybe uh, uh, throwing interceptions or something like that. Cause you know, at some point, you know, this is, you know, this is for all the marbles, like quarterbacks try to make things happen. And, and maybe Cincinnati tries to not put him in, uh, you know, back there throwing the ball 45 times. So I think Mixon has some success here on the ground more than he's had. And a lot of that has to come, down to the offensive line might actually go out there and and look to kick some ass to be honest with you which sounds crazy i know justin that that you kind of like well they are who they are and i get that but at times there's kind of shade thrown in your direction you're called soft you're not good you're gonna go out there and you're gonna throw a couple haymakers you can go out there and you're gonna play play the damn best that you can and i think if cincinnati can do that mixon might actually end up you know having a pretty good game and if that Kansas City defense starts wearing down early or or late, then guess what? Mixon might have a pretty good uh, a pretty good chance to go over this rushing total. It's fifty seven and a half right now. A lot of people don't like it, and and I understand their handicap, but I think this game's close. I don't see Kansas City running out and and getting out to some twenty point lead in this game. I I just don't see that. I I don't see how that could even happen. I think they come out flat, and I think they're sluggish late. So Mixon will be on full display here. Yeah, I agree with you on the prop. Actually, my second best prop was actually uh, Mixon total yards. I think it was at 87 rushing and receiving, and I like the over with that. I flirted with going with that one, but the receptions just was kind of a little bit more sure of a thing for me, although nothing sure in wagering, obviously. But with your analysis, I might go back and play that total yards one as well. Uncle Dave, did you have any props or anything for this game? You know, I, I like Brian Pringle props. I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier last game they they held Terry Kill to 40 yards. I don't expect him to do that again. Um, but you know they're going to try, uh, and you know they're going to try to cover up uh, Kelsey, and that, they're not going to stop them. Maybe they can contain him. But, you know, Pringle over 37.5 yards I think is a viable bet. I mean, that's, that's one reception. Um, and I think you can get his over – catches at three and a half, and I think that's even at plus money. Uh, and I don't see how both of those uh, lose. I think that's a split at worst, and I think got a real good shot of catching them both. 
Yeah, I love that one as well. He just came up huge in the last couple of games. So it seems like we're on a triple like on Cincinnati. We're hoping that we can get the hook there at seven and a half. Um, we like uh, over on mixing receptions, over on mission, mixing rushing attempts, a slight lean on uh, mixing over um, total yards, rushing and receiving. And then Uncle Dave likes the Pringle over yards, which I like as well, especially if Kansas, or, uh, Cincinnati is going to make this a game. Guys, uh, any final thoughts uh, before we sign off here? Um, my final thoughts are I'm already well beyond it. I'm already preparing for the Super Bowl and the different possible matchups, you know, not just sides, but, but props as well. You know, it's funny that you know, a lot of people that know me and, and know what I do, you know, they'll, they'll want me to go golfing on a Saturday or something. And they'll go, oh, you must be busy. So, no, if my work for the weekend isn't done by, you know, Thursday night or Friday morning at the latest, I'm probably going to lose. Uh, so with that said, I'm already, you know, I've pretty much done what I'm going to do for this weekend, and I'm, I'm, I'm mapping out different Super Bowl uh, sort of uh, angles so that when the lines do come out, uh, if I see what I like, I can bet it right away at a number I like rather than wait for the market to tell me what to do and then take a crappy number, which is seems to be the way some people want to operate, but I just can't do that. Well, Sleepy, we know that Uncle Dave never stops working. The grind always continues from year to year, sport to sport, so we'd expect nothing less. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Sleepy? No, I like what Uncle Dave said, though. I mean, you have to kind of get ahead of the market, especially for the Super Bowl. Uh, there's just so much money that's involved there, and if you can kind of like, hey, I think it's going to be the Rams and the Chiefs, then start doing your X's and O's. Start doing your matchups. Start making your own numbers, and then you adjust you know, throughout the games as you're watching them play your X gets hurt or or, you know, whatever happens. So um, that's a really good rule of thumb, something that you certainly want to go ahead and do. Uh, I just hope we end up with with good football games again. I, I don't know what you guys thought, but, I mean, that was one of the best weekends of football that I could remember ever in my entire life. And I think one of the things that, that weren't really talked about was the fact that the referees didn't they, – they didn't involve themselves in those games to where those games were uh, unenjoyable. I, I went through and I looked at the numbers – Last week they only threw thirty flags in in four games. Go, you you guys remember when the when we had that Saints Ram debacle where everybody was up in arms during those four games that divisional round. I think there were fifty eight flags thrown. So if you go through, I actually went through and did the work. They've been throwing less and less flags, you know, each and every year. So hopefully we get you know a nice football weekend where the refs aren't involved, where we don't end up with blowouts, where hopefully you know it's the Bengals. And hopefully it's the Rams, you know, for our case there, Justin, um, that, that we end up on the right side and we end up hope maybe they'll win. You know, maybe it'll be a maybe it'll be the Rams and the Bengals in the in the Super Bowl. Well, uh, I, I, I could really care less about that because you kind of pissed me off now. Are we just going to overlook the inadvertent whistle that cost the Raiders the divisional game in Cincinnati? Can we talk about that, Uncle Dave? Now, Uncle Dave, I know it wasn't no fake fumble in the snow, but it seems like we're overlooking that a little bit, Sleepy. You're going to get me a little ticked off here. That was in the wild card round. Wild card round. I'm sorry. They should have been in the divisional round. My bad. Anyways, I'm not going to get out on that tangent. Uncle Dave's heard me speak way too much about that. Although, we are going to tune into that 30 for 30 tuck rule together. I'll make sure we watch that together. But, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. We got a little long-winded here. We get it. We went a little longer than normal, but we feel like it's necessary when it comes to these crucial games. I do want to let you guys know that we are going to have a star-studded uh, pod with multiple guys. You're going to have Dave. You're going to have Sleepy. Um, I think you're going to have Chris on there with some props you're going to have multiple other guys hopefully I'm lucky enough to join and kind of just pass it around the table but that is going to be coming out so make sure you guys um, uh, keep those notifications on to the betting predators because that is going to be an episode you definitely don't want to miss if you guys want even more content please go over to the bettingpredators.com they have tons of guys like sleepy Chris that put in a tons of work into articles to get you the best fantasy uh, daily fantasy season long and prop advice possible and also if you guys want to support sleepy and uncle dave you can find their premium work at pregame.com but until then guys good luck and uh, we will definitely see you next week for the super bowl show